This is a VT Radio special report on Pirate Satellite. Joe Strummer, 20 Years Gone, Part 3. Join me as I welcome huge fan Dennis Charles. Together we talk Strummer. Dennis shares his tales of Joe and seeing him play live 28 times at various UK pubs and venues. Joe Strummer passed on December 22, 2002. It was devastating. But they say, if you mention a person who's passed, they will live forever. Well, guess what? This is a public service announcement. And it's forever. Right here. Right now. On VT Radio. Let's go. With host Johnny Punish. Okay, we're on VT Radio with Dennis Charles, a super Joe Strummer fan. Dennis, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Johnny. Thanks so much for having me on. This is a real pleasure. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, we're going to be talking Joe Strummer, so there's nothing more better than that, right? Yep. What a great okay. Saturday. For, for the fans out there, let me tell you about Dennis. Dennis is originally from London, but now lives in Boston. He's a business coach and father of five great kids. And, of course, uh, London Calling, the album, was released on his ninth birthday, and that began your lifelong uh, love of Joe Strummer and The Clash. Is that right? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And also, uh, it seems like uh, you never did actually see The Clash, but you did see Joe Strummer play live 28 times. Is that correct? Yeah, 28 times. Can remember each and every one of them, like as if they were yesterday. <laughs> That's incredible. I can't wait to talk to you about that. And, of course, you did see uh, Mick Jones's big audio dynamite as well, coincidentally, 28 times, which was interesting. Yep, yep. Yeah, time. <laughs> and uh, you also read a bunch of biographies on Joe Strummer's life, and uh, obviously he's a major influence in your life. Yeah, totally. You know, I, I think a lot of the biographies, there's so many of them out there, but they, they have a unique take. And, uh, you know, a lot of the interviews of people that really know, knew Joe well, I think make, make for fascinating repeated reading. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, my, my fascination with Joe uh, started in, a little bit earlier than yours, I think. Well, probably around London Calling. That was like 1980, wasn't that? I believe it was 1980. Yeah. And uh, 7980. Uh, I'm a little bit older than you. I was uh, about 20, I think. Yeah, about 20 years old. And uh, I was into The Clash a little bit before that, uh, when their first album came out, you know, uh, What's My Name and Wyatt Riot and all that stuff, you know? So yes. I got into it really early, and I was a total punk rocker. But when London Calling came out, I was like, wow, this is an amazing album. It's so different. It's not just punk rock. It's a little bit of reggae, revolution rock, you know? It just totally, totally got me. So is that what got you? or? Yeah, yeah. Again, and I kind of came in backwards. I am... I heard the song London Calling on the pop charts. And I remember, you know, back in the day, there was no Spotify, there were no playlists. No. I recorded it from Tony Blackburn's radio show, and it made number 11 on the, the UK pop charts. And I remember him saying, here at number 11 is The Clash in London Calling. And it sounded so different from all of the other songs. I mean, there were songs by like the Ramones in the charts at the time. But there was also yeah. Sticks, Kenny Rogers, Blondie, all of those were, were popular. But this London Calling song, there was something about it. I almost thought it was like otherworldly because he was like, he was like talking about this message from this place that I lived, London, talking about you know living by the river and the ice age coming in and i remember thinking like what's funny beatlemania i heard funny beatlemania rather than phony beatlemania right right. Kid, right but right it was just this and, and then the way it ended as well with that that mick jones guitar and i never felt so much alike uh, it was just like it was so different it was again absolutely incredible yeah way too young to really appreciate it johnny but yeah. Um, as I got into the you know music more seriously, 13, 14, and 15, totally revisited the first album and London Calling and went, wow, this is like, this is some, some really amazing stuff. 
Amazing. Now, now how, how did you get to see Joe 28 times? Did you see the Mescaleros? Is that what you saw? Or? I, I saw the Latino Rockabilly War seven times, which was really cool. That was his band in the late 1980s. Um, it was just a, it's really a, a case of living in the right place at the right time. Spent a lot of time, I uh, grew up in London, spent a lot of time going to shows in London. So uh, my favorite um, Joe Strummer show was, uh, he did this thing called Rock Against the Rich, and it was a place called Camden Electric Ballroom. It was about 120 degrees in there. And there was mm. no ventilation, and he came out on stage dripping. The whole band was dripping. I had the guitarist, Xander Schloss, literally in my face. And they played like an hour and 45 minutes of solo Joe songs, Clash songs, a few covers. He did some Pogues things. He did some big audio Dynamite songs. And yeah. I just remember having Xander dripping all over me. And I, I was 17 years old. And Johnny, I said, if I ever have a son, I'm going to call him Xander. And uh, <laughs> did you in the other room right now feeling a little sick? Is <laughs> Xander? <laughs> ah, incredible! Now, now Joe Strummer was such a troubadour. He he was not like anybody else in the world. He was he was our John Lennon, our generation's Bob Dylan. Um, yep, that's absolutely. what I wrote in the song "Magnificent Joe Strummer" that I wrote that you listen to uh, that we're going to play later on the, on the show. But um, he was such a troubadour. He, he, he played in front of 500,000 people at the Us Festival. That's where I saw him. It's one of the places I saw him. And, uh, he, but he'd still play in the subway with his guitar. He was an amazing troubadour of music. How do I explain that guy? He's amazing, you know? You know, here's how I explain it. He, the guy transcended music. It wasn't about the music. It was about who he was as a person, the message right. he had, and the way he interacted with others. You know, he'd always constantly be bringing people up, inviting people along, um, being open to influence. It wasn't just about, you know, he came from this punk rock 1977 thing, but soon it was like, well, what's going on in America? But then it became, what's going on in India? What's going on in Africa? Want to hear right. this world music? And started incorporating a lot of that. And, but yeah, I think he's very much transcends music. And, you know, I would definitely put him along the lines of someone like a Dylan, a Lennon, and, you know, an Elvis Costello, someone that's just um, amazing with words and has a, a really rare and uncanny, had a really rare and uncanny knack and ability to be able to um, articulate that uh, through the, um, you know, through the songs that he, he put out. Yeah. You know, one of the things I, I, I found out about Joe Sturmer, he went to uh, elementary school in Mexico City, Mexico. And uh, really? because, it, yeah, his dad was a diplomat uh, for the British, a low level diplomat for the, uh, for the British. And he was yeah. stationed in Mexico. That's where I am right now. I, I live in Mexico. And so, okay. so when you hear sometimes, the Clash songs or the Mescaleros or something with a little Spanish in it. I always wonder, did that influence him? Is that where he got that from? You know, uh, I think, uh, was it uh, Should I Stay or Should I Go? There's some um, Spanish in there um, and I, a couple other songs, I believe. So uh, I was wondering if that yeah. had a lot of influence on him. And maybe that also had an influence on his worldview as well, you know? I'm sure, yeah. You know, he, he wasn't even born in the UK, right? He was born in Turkey. As he said, his father was a diplomat and just got to yeah. travel the world, see the world, but then had this really other side of him where he was like, went into this really authoritarian boarding school with his brother right. David and just had a kind of like a really terrible time of it and had to find an identity of his own to move away from that. And uh, music really became his salvation from that. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible life story. Um, Joe Strummer. Uh, when you saw him live, what was your impression of him as the man on stage? Just one. I want to say that I've only ever seen two electrifying performers in my life. One's Bruce Springsteen, one's Joe Strummer. They're both very, very different, and they're both very huge fans of each other. Joe loved Bruce, Bruce loved Joe. They both can hold a stage, hold a crowd, move a crowd like nobody. I've, 
I've ever seen. Uh, Joe just kind of brought the energy. Definitely not the most talented musician there is. And, you oh, know, not at all. Talented singer either. But probably the worst musician. He's probably the worst musician ever in the history of music. You know, he's terrible. Yeah, and to, 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 but to me, like going to see a live show is really about the crowd, the band interacting, the energy. Yeah. I've never seen anybody be able to just walk into a room. I saw him in the, the Trump Marina of all places in Atlantic City in 2002, my good friend Paul. And uh, the two of us went, what are we doing at Trump Marina? But we went in there and it, was, it, was, it wasn't sold out. It was like half full. But then like, the first song, the whole place was hopping and the energy was going. We were on the front row. And again, like the band sweating on top of us. It was just an, an amazing evening that we still talk about to this day. Right. I, I want to make clear that J Joe Strummer, the name came from because he strummed the guitar as a rhythm guitarist because he really couldn't play much lead. He, 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 I wasn't a bad musician. He just told, he just said in his, his interviews, he just wasn't the best musician out there. He just had to learn by banging on that guitar. And that's basically what he did, you know. We wanted to play the ukulele because it looked easier. Yeah, that's right. Dream, right. But then he graduated up to the guitar. Yeah. But I, I yeah. don't ever recall him doing anything like a solo. It's just really, no, because he's Joe Strummer. That's why. Right. It's just the arm and the leg going in unison. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. Makes you want to hop to him. One of the things that he did, I didn't get to see him, but he played with an English band called The Pogues. I don't know, uh, English-Irish band called The Pogues back in the late 80s. Um, but the, but their music is just kind of really rhythmic, and I can just see him, like I've seen a few videos, and just what, the energy that he brought to that band was, was incredible as well. Yeah. Another question for you. Did, did he influence any of your politics? I know Joe Sturm was big on politics. He was always commenting on social issues. Uh, you know, I'm so bored with the USA, the clampdown on and on and on, Every, you know, uh, how many songs can I quote that are political, Spanish bombs, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Did he influence any of your politics as you've grown up? A absolutely. Like, you know, as a teenager, where, where am I going to get my information from? Am I going to listen to, like, you know, crazy left-wing, right-wing politics, you know, politicians who are in it for themselves? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to listen to someone like Joe Trump that really, you know, looked into some of these things and put them out. One of the things I love about Joe's songs is, you know, their messages, like this is a public service announcement with guitar type, yeah. you know, it, it was like this pronouncement and it was, it was, it made it more than a song. And I think, you know, he, he loved that the idea of a three minute um, song being the, the way to, to at least ask questions, if not give everybody the answers. And I think that, you know, that really influenced me. Um, you know, from a teenager, I've totally been, you know, anti-authoritarian. And I think I got that bent from Joe, The Clash, and several other musicians that were really that way. And, yep. uh, yeah, you know, I just, just, just love the, the fact that he, you know, until the time he unfortunately passed away, um, would always do that. You know, his last albums were so, you know, very, very political. Um, a lot of times, you know, it's like socially political and sometimes it's like personally political. And I, I really like the mix that, that Joe brought to all of those. Yeah, you know, uh, when I was younger, uh, I went from disco to 70s. 75 was disco. Remember John Travolta and, you know, the whole disco thing. I was a young young guy, and I went from disco to The Clash, and uh, that's a big change, right? So um, he inspired me to become a... Magnificent Seven. That must have sounded a little... <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. But, uh, you know, um, that influenced me to become an a, a social activist, and I've been a social activist the rest of my life, so I... Honestly, credit Joe Strummer for that 100%. Without Joe Strummer, I don't know if that would have happened for me. But uh, I was able to uh, dig into the issues, uh, go protest uh, things that were wrong in the world, uh, embassies, uh, got on television, and done a lot of... To this day, I, I run a foreign policy media uh, uh, 
for 18 years on the internet, international. And I run it, uh, thousands and thousands, millions of people have seen it. Um, nice. and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, I've, I've been 70,000 articles posted on, on our, on, on my site. So it's a big awesome. deal. Yeah, but yeah. The, all of that is because of Joe Strubber. And I have to credit Joe for that. Thank you, Joe, because without that, that's never would have happened. Never. And, uh, yeah. I, I'm out there pushing the issues uh, of, you know, I'm, I'm anti-racist, uh, of course, uh, anti-bigotry, pro-peace, pro-human, humanity pro people, um, just all kinds of people, all kinds of music and just being, you know, lighting that Joe Strummer fire, you know, and without Joe, it never would have happened, my friend. So yeah. question I have, question I have for you. Do, what do you think Joe would think about the world today? You know what? That's a really great question. I didn't know. Yeah. I thought about I, I, one of the first times I saw Joe Strummer live was at an Amnesty International Festival. Mm-hmm. And, um, he put, there was like two days of the top, bands in the UK and he played both afternoons. He wasn't a huge star at the time. So he was about mm-hmm. fifth or sixth on the bill both days. But on the second day, I remember him getting up there and he played a whole bunch of clash songs. It's a really rare songs with so much energy. And he started berating the crowd. Like he said, you know, you need to get out there and you need to talk to the people who are not here. Right. And, um, you know, I, th- I think one of the things that Joe would probably bring to the discourse today is to say, get involved, you know, don't be passive. Don't sit back. Don't, don't spend your time looking into these like, phones you know i i really saw you know it was a different era a different time but I really saw a time when he was like that interested in modern um media in fact right. uh had a had a friend who ran a strummer news website um back in the early 2000s and uh, she met him after a show over in brooklyn that we went to and joe walked into the bar and uh, said oh you're the one that that runs the uh um the, the website right and she said yeah and she said well, said uh you know well what do you call yourself what's your internet name and she said i'm i'm the web mistress and he said oh, no you're not you're the web princess <laughs> i love him the next show walked into the same bar saw her and said oh, i forget your name what's your what's your name she said tammy He's, he said no you're the web princess you know you remembered everyone and he was just 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 that level of humanity yeah yeah let me tell a little story. So I know you, you didn't see the clash live, but I did. I saw them at the Hollywood Palladium in 1982. I think it was. And it was right after yeah. the London calling album came out and it was standing room only. There was no seats. And can you imagine? I don't know. It was, must have been 3000 people there just standing up and the clash just at their, at the height of their popularity, just going crazy. It was an incredible scene. Um, I also saw them at the uh, us festival in front of 500,000 people. That would have been 1983, I think it was. Yeah, and they played like and, three o'clock in the morning or something crazy. Or right? something. I don't. I don't remember. It was a. Yeah. It was a three day concert, and uh, it wasn't just the Clash. The Ramones were there, and some other bands, and uh, probably 28 different bands. You know, but the Clash were the were the headliners. You know, yeah. and it was at the peak of their influence. And I also think that was might have been the last show with Mick Jones. I think it might have been. Yeah, um, it, so it's one we, of the last. Yeah, yeah, we, we didn't know that at the time, of course. Howard had already joined on drums for that. You know, he was this young guy, and he ended up being part of the Clash Mark too that they went into after Mick Jones and replacing Mick Jones with two guitarists. Yeah, and all of that stuff. Yeah, right, exactly. So those are fantastic to be at. I've seen video of that, and uh, yeah, again, Joe was in like not the best of moods for that. You know, he was like there, there. <laughs> So I think Steve, is that Steve Allen, the uh, Microsoft guy with Bill Gates, put on that yeah. festival? Uh, uh, it was Apple. It was Apple Computer. Yeah. 
It yeah. was uh, uh, Steve, Steve Jobs Steve and Wozniak. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Steve Wozniak put that on, and you know, he's like, you know, one of the things I wanted, I want the Clash to be there. Yeah, so you know, we we decent amount of money, but Joe's just up there preaching to the crowd, telling them how things should be, and. Uh, yeah. come alive and you know not, not take things so passively remember that yeah that's great. you know we, we went to the concert and we saw this little apple logo and we're like what's that <laughs> we had no idea what that was because apple wasn't a big thing back then we're like who the hell is apple sponsoring this show i've never even heard of them you know yeah. and then a year later everybody's got an apple computer you know so yeah. what are you gonna do yeah. that, that was my school today world. everybody's carrying an apple computer around in their pocket right right that I think everybody should carry a Joe Strummer pin in their pocket or a Joe Strummer picture of Joe Strummer because, gosh, he really, really was a voice of a generation. And I don't want people to forget him and put him away because he's so important uh, in that time, you know. And I, I think it's really important that we keep his, his memory alive, you know. Yeah. And I just want to make sure that's why we're doing this podcast. It's been 20 years since he passed away. Uh, I was in Rosarito, Mexico when I found out. I was absolutely devastated. This is a... Uh, you know, 20 years ago, 2002, uh, late December, December, was it 22, 21? Yeah, I think it was. 21st, 22nd. Yeah. I yeah. remember I was in Fort Lauderdale and my girlfriend at the time called me up as staying in a youth hostel eating my cornflakes. And she said, I got some really bad news. I was like, okay, you know, I thought it was a family thing. And she said, I just found out Joe Strummer's passed away. And I turned the TV on and it, it came across the scroll across the bottom of the TV. I was like, I was numb. I'm like, wow. You know, and I've seen the guy play four months before that. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, I, I didn't know I was in front of people and I wasn't, sh I was trying not to cry. And I, I, I didn't know what to do with myself because it really hurt. You know, it really hurt me a lot. And yeah. um, he was a major part of my life and still is, right? So, but at that moment, I was just so tense and so upset. I, I just didn't know what to do. I was like, are you kidding? How did this happen? He's a young man. He was, I think he was 50. Was he 50 years old? Yeah. 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 And I think he was walking his dog. If I remember correctly, he was walking his yeah. dog at eight in the morning and just, was it an aneurysm? Do you know what it was? Or? It was a congenital heart defect, yeah. That's, that's right. Time and it was just undetected. And, yeah, fortunately, I think for him and his family, he passed peacefully. But um, you yeah. know, I, I remember the outpouring the next couple of days from, from the UK, from the US. You know, it, it, was, yeah. it was the biggest piece of news on the BBC. Right. Right. And right. we were talking to so many musicians about the influence that he left. You know, he, he, wasn't nowhere, he was nowhere near as popular at that time as when the clash were, you know, Really, big right. Back in the late seventies, early eighties, but still left such a, a major influence. One of the things I love seeing is uh, you talk to Bono of U two, probably one you know, on the biggest rock star of the last twenty or thirty years, and right. you know every interview he will talk about the debt he owes to the Clash. He said the Clash were the first band he ever saw, and then he said, "Talk to the Edge," and we said we can do if the Clash can do it, we can do it. They inspired us to do it, and we went out. And without the Clash, there's no U two. I thought you know, for for a guy like you no. Know, uh, but I know that has quite a big ego. I think that's a really you know, awesome thing for him to share. You know, how many people can cite The Clash as their influence? I mean, so many people, so many musicians, artists, people in politics. Just uh, everybody cites Joe Strummer and The Clash as, as their influence. It's uh, it's incredible, you know? Yeah. Um, I can think of uh, John Cusack, uh, the actor. He loves Joe Strummer. Or Bruce Springsteen, yeah. like you yeah. said, you yeah. know? Sprinkles, sprinkles a lot of... Uh, Strummer and Clash songs into his movies. I remember Gross Point Blank watching that, and like at the time I'm in the movie theater, I went to see a movie um, with my uh, with my daughter about two months ago called uh, Armageddon Time. And, oh, uh, really? Really cool movie, yeah. But sprinkle through is Armageddon Time all the way through. Of course, it's the closing credits, and I'm like, I'm sitting there. <laughs> 
almost out of breath. So excited. Periodically, I'll talk to my daughter, and my daughter is right now, she's 36, and I'll be talking to her on, you know, on these kind of things, and she'll be wearing her Joe Sturmer Clash shirt, and she's not even of that generation. And yeah. I asked her, why do you keep wearing that? She goes, I just love Joe Strummer. I'm like, wow. Yeah. How, 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 he was, I think by the time she was growing up, he was, he already passed away, you know? And so he influences past his, his, his time. That's the art, the mark of a great artist uh, that will last forever, I think. So anyway, Absolutely. I, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Um, we were running out of time now, but I want to thank you for uh, contributing your Joe Strummer perspectives. It's really important. Uh, we're going to get this together and get it out to all the fans and to all the fans out there. Uh, let's celebrate Joe Strummer's life. It's been 20 years. Let's not forget him. Let's uh, play his music, talk to our peoples, our, our circles of influence, and just share what we know about Joe and, and, and keep his keep his life alive. Absolutely, Johnny. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been it's a an pleasure. absolute pleasure. And as, as Joe would say, you know, just get this out to the people because without people, you're nothing. Yeah, exactly. Enjoyed this presentation? Hit the like button now. Also, share it with your friends. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. VT approves this message.